This is Karen with NewClevelandRadio.net, and it is time for Avoid the Maze. And as many of you know who listen to this program, we talk about our journeys in life. And, you know, our journeys typically are not the ones that we plan out when we are young children, even when we're teenagers. Uh, so many things change along the way. And sometimes we think, hey, I can get through anything. In fact, um, my guests and I were just talking about the crazy weather we've had in 2023. And most of us think, hey, it's not going to happen to me. And then when it does, what is our resilience like? My guest today is Jennifer Seven, and Jennifer is here to talk about a journey that she's been on and, you know, how spiritually she has found her health. So welcome, Jennifer. Thank you. Tell us a little bit about yourself so that we can sort of start relating. Okay, great. Well, again, thank you so much for having me on today. And oh gosh, a little bit about me. I am uh, a health coach (laughs) and have been for uh, some time now, about 15 years. And I really enjoy helping people. And I, I seem to gravitate toward helping women more. I don't know why, but I just do. And um helping women, you know, find themselves again, find their health, uh, lose weight, and you know, begin to just live life possible again. And I'm um, married, and I have three grown children. And um, yeah, that's <laughs> a little bit about me. <laughs> so I'm going to guess that um, when you were younger, maybe in high school, going on to college, that maybe health coaching wasn't your vision (laughs) of who you're going to be. I know that I had a vision of myself and it it has never fit. Okay. Until I finally took hold of what I wanted to become and then started working towards it. But many of us just like sort of fall into this pattern. So what did you think your life was going to be like um, as, as you went forward? Yeah. So if I go back to my childhood, I think my my dream, I, I honestly wanted to be a vet. And uh, then I realized that math and science were totally not my thing. <laughs> so it kind of was like, oh, it's going to be kind of hard to be a vet. So I ended up getting very involved in like local theater, community theater. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to go to college and I'm going to become an actress. That's going to be my thing. Well, then I realized, okay, do I want to be one of the starving actresses in New York? You know, because so few people really make it. So I derailed myself off of that and became a communications major. And from there, I, 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 took some classes on telecommunications and I was like, well, I kind of like this. So I went on to get my graduate degree in tele telecommunications policy. What was I going to do with that? I'm not sure. But then I got hired, uh, with AT&T and I found myself in sales and, uh, was in telecom sales for many years. And that was fine. I won't say that was my passion in life, but, uh, fast forward to having my children and deciding to take a break from working but I'm a very entrepreneurial if I say that right entrepreneurial person so 
I really wanted to do something. So I just found myself drawn more to the health arena. Uh, one of my children was having a lot of difficulties. And uh, so uh, from like an ADHD perspective and that that drew me into more of a holistic uh, health and looking at that and exploring all of that. And then that led me, it's funny how life leads you from one thing to the next. So then I, I actually started my own business setting up health fairs for companies in our area. And that was great. And I love that. But from that, I met so many interesting people. I started to learn and be exposed more and more to holistic health, acupuncture, chiropractic, nutritionists, energy work, all of these fascinating modalities. And we actually got to the point where we were doing biometric testing for the clients in the corporations and that being uh, quick blood tests of cholesterol, glucose, things like that, and doing five-minute counseling. And the answer that we would give people all the time is, well, if your numbers are high, you need to lose weight and exercise, lose weight and exercise and see your doctor, lose weight and exercise. And that's all we had was like five minutes to really interpret results. And so I just found that I really wanted to help people more, more than that. And so I did a big pivot and I decided, well, I'm going to open my own weight loss and wellness center. So that's what I did in 2009. And that's the kind of work that I've been doing ever since. And I really am passionate about it and I'm passionate about helping people, you know, just find their health again. You know, it's interesting. Um, My last job in corporate America, um, I worked at a private college and almost every student who came into my office, when you would ask them what they want to do, they'd say, well, they want to be a nurse. And I'd go, okay, why do you want to be a nurse? I want to help people. And it took me a couple of months in that position when I started responding to them and saying, you know, you can help people without being a nurse. There's Mm -hmm. lots of different ways. In fact, that's what I'm doing right here with you today. I'm helping you. I'm going to help guide you through what it means to be a nurse or what it means to be something else in your life. Mm-hmm. And um, the college did not like that I did that because if somebody wanted to come in and be a nurse, hey, Karen, you know, get them to take the test, get them to pass and enroll them. And my comment was, there's so many other things that people can do. So I love the word passion because unless you are truly passionate about what you want to do, it's difficult to be your best at it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I could hear it in your voice. Well, I used my degree and I worked in telecommunications and it wasn't my ideal job, but I did well at it. Why did I do well at it? Well, because I had the education behind me, Mm -hmm. but if it wasn't your passion, you were going to look for that door to walk out and find it again and find your passion. Right. So when you started this weight loss um, journey, let's talk about what weight loss is all about, because so many people believe, hey, I'm going to go on that diet, (laughs) those foods, and I'm going to lose, you know, five pounds a week and I'll get to my ideal weight and then, then what? Because we're not told on diets what happens next. Right. That's a very important point. There, 
are so, as you just said, there are so many diets, just eat this, just do that. And, and a doctor will say, eat less and exercise more, which is not necessarily the answer. It's really, what are we eating and what are we doing? So I have a very structured, very specific weight loss protocol that you'll lose weight. You absolutely will if you follow it, but you're 100% right, then what? You've lost the weight, then what? So I'm very much about mindset. And and I, I think at some point I want to change the name of my company. I, I probably won't, but I probably should. Um, instead of saying weight loss, we should rephrase that to weight release because we need to think about what our words are. We don't want to lose the weight because we don't want to find it again. <laughs> you know, it's like idea. we're setting our mind up that way, but we want to release it and let it go. So with my clients, I really try to work with them on all the other aspects. So there's such a huge emotional component to trying to lose weight. And I have so many clients come to me and they've they've done all the diets and they've tried and there's so much failure and shame around it. And, oh, here I go again. I'm going to try another one. And will this one work? And I'm not going to tell anybody because I'm so embarrassed um, that I'm having to do it again. And so the first thing I I tell them is like, this is a shame-free zone. You know, let's check that at the door. There is no failure here. There is no shame here. So we're just going to come in and we're going to just start again. And trying to look at some of the emotional aspects. I am not a therapist, but what might be causing someone to eat? We eat, emotional eating can can be because we're trying to fill a void and we might be angry, we might be hurt, we might be sad, we might have grief. But of course you can even eat when you're happy. It's like, oh, I had a great day. So I deserve that glass of wine or that bowl of ice cream. So there's so much going on there. So just trying to recognize that. And I'm I'm also very much about mindfulness so that we can start to really pay attention to what we're eating. If we can slow down, appreciate our food, we are a very busy society and we're always in a hurry. We always have so much to do. So if you find yourself eating on the go, eating, standing up, eating in front of the TV, being on your phone while you're eating, and I I would suggest to sit down at a table with a plate, with a nice glass and just slow down and really look and be fully present with your meal. Smell it taste it, look at it, set a pretty place and chew your food. We tend to just go so fast. We chew, 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 gulp, gulp, gulp. There are so many uh, nerves and things that go on in your mouth as you chew and digest that signal to the rest of your body. It's important that we let our bodies do what they naturally need to do. And I'm sure you've heard this. It takes about 20 minutes for the stomach and the brain to connect. You know, it's like our stomach needs 20 minutes to signal to the brain that we're full. So if we're eating too fast, we will overeat because the brain hasn't gotten the signal, hey, I'm full. So just by that act of slowing down that we're going to find that we might eat less. So that's that's just another technique, but trying to be fully present. And then I also tell my clients, I'm like, look, if that is calling you, if that ice cream is calling you, it is just calling you and get it out, put it in a bowl, look at it, think about it, maybe walk away and come back and say, do I really want this? I want it to be a conscious decision, a mindful choice, not mindless. And you may find that after one bite, you're satisfied. You're like, okay, had my taste, I'm good, I'm done. If you wanna eat the whole bowl, eat the whole bowl, but it's a decision and then that's okay. And don't beat yourself up about it and don't 
you know, feel ashamed and sad because you did it. It's like, I made the decision I, and enjoy it. Just really enjoy it if you're going to do it. So, okay. So that's that mindful eating component, but let's fast forward to someone who's lost that weight or released the weight that they wanted. It's so important to learn how to eat healthy, how to eat what's right for your body. And that is also a big part of what I want to help people do. It's yes, we, we're going to do this specific protocol. It'll get us to where we want to be, but then what? We have to get back to real life. And what does that look like? And I have a lot of clients that they get really scared. They're like, oh no, now what do I do? I don't know how to navigate. I don't know how to go to the grocery store. And, and all the signals that we're given and the media that we're given, it's so confusing. So a big part of what I do is coach people on how to stabilize their weight and then how to have maintenance and not feeling deprived. I think that's another reason a lot of diets fail is because you feel like you're in such deprivation while you're doing it. And there's going to be a slingshot at some point. You're like, I'm just being so rigid and I'm being so careful and I'm so miserable. I can't do it anymore. And then it's like, go crazy. (laughs) So, yeah. yeah. So evening that out so that we can get into a balance and not feeling that deprivation and, and our bodies want what's right for them. Our bodies want good nutrition. So if we can get that good nutrition in our body and our body's like, okay, hmm, this feels pretty, pretty good. And putting in the good stuff first before you put in, maybe I call them indulgent foods that may not be as good for you it'll fill you up, you'll feel better and you might not need as much of the other. So it's, it's a balancing act and there's a lot that goes on in, in the whole maintenance piece. And also recognizing, I would just throw this last little piece out. It's normal for the body to store fat. It is not normal for the body to lose fat. We were designed as magnificently fat storing machines because if we go back to hunting and gathering days, we had to store our fat during the feast and burn it during the famine. Well, no famine. Well, no famine here anymore. In, in most of our worlds, there's we, we just keep feasting. And so we don't have that natural reset. So we really have to work on that because um, it's normal to gain. I mean, if you met someone who lost 10 pounds a year for the last five years, you'd be worried about them. You'd be like, what's going on? There's something's wrong, but so easy to gain that 10 pounds a year. So there's a lot of, of, things that we do to think about that and what are we going to do about that and recognizing it and then taking action when you know that five pounds comes back on don't let it become 20 I call it a a yellow light and a red light it's like yellow light you're on the scale Uh uh-oh things are going the wrong way slow down red light 10 pounds nope not doing it got to get myself back on track and it's much easier when it's five to 10 pounds than when it's 20, 30, 40, oh, 50. Absolutely. You know, and I totally relate because uh, just about 10 years ago, my husband was diagnosed diabetic and um, he was so upset because the doctor didn't tell him what to eat. He told him a few things he shouldn't eat, but he didn't mm-hmm. say, hey, what would be healthy? And I went out on the internet and there was so much conflicting information. And my brother's also diabetic. And he said, oh, if he follows any kind of diabetic, he's not going to like it. It's all going to taste like cardboard. And I thought, oh, my God, you know, we can't go into this healing process with this attitude. So I said, "Okay, I'm going to eat just like him. It can't hurt me. Mm -hmm. Uh, And. 
So we were eating much healthier. And I noticed that like from the first meal I made, okay, um, I'm not breading the chicken. Or if uh-huh. I am, you know, it is with a fraction of the breadcrumbs that I had uh-huh. used before, whatever. And all of a sudden we started realizing that we did like the food. I was making smaller portions, but that's all we needed. Okay. Uh-huh. And I separated it out how I brought it to the table, mainly because of wanting to extend our eating and not make it something that we just gobble down because it was in front of us. And we both lost quite a bit of weight. For whatever reason, my husband figured out there were things that he was missing that he really could still eat and his blood sugar would not go up. Mm -hmm. So he was bringing things into the house that I had already taken out. And so when he sat there and for his dessert had four Oreos, I salivated. (laughs) I bet you did. And instead of saying to myself back then, okay, I want to treat myself. I'm going to have one Oreo. When he took four, I took four. And I was being treated for a medical condition and the medication was not going well with the sugar that I was putting in my body. Mm -hmm. And I'm blowing up like Mm. a balloon. Sadly, my doctors kept saying to me, Karen, it's a medication. Don't worry about it. When we take you off of it, it will all fall off. No, that was not true. Mm. Medication, it was what I was eating. Back in January, I finally made the decision, look, my husband can eat what he wants to eat. I'll provide him healthy food. But if he takes out four Oreos, six Oreos, and he can eat it without getting sick, God bless him. Mm -hmm. I can't do that anymore. But you're right. I refuse to deprive myself. So if there's something that I'm craving, I find a way to work it in. But it's a fraction of exactly what I was eating before. And I'm finding that, you know what? That's all my body really wants. It just mm-hmm. wants to say, hmm, that was that was something good to chew. That was yeah. something that, you know, made my mouth salivate, but I don't really need anymore. Yeah. But it's hard to get there. It you know, is. You no, know, it's a mind game. Because what I don't know if people really recognize is that sugar is highly addictive. And there have been studies that shown that it is more addictive than crack cocaine. And it creates these neural pathways in our brain. So when we're eating it, our brain actually is craving that. And that's a very hard thing to resist. So it's hard to get off sugar because the brain is like, wah, 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 I want that. It's like coming off a coffee and then you don't, you know, when you're detoxing the sugar out, you don't feel that great. And then you want a little pick me up from the sugar and it's a vicious cycle. So it takes time and it, it it's, but it's, it's worth it. And then what happens for some people is once they've got a lot of the sugar out of their system, their palates change. So maybe that was what was happening for you. It's like, I don't need as much. I don't, it doesn't, or it doesn't taste as good as I thought it was going to taste, you know, because our palates calm down. Mm -hmm. Um, 
yeah, so I think that's that's a really valid point. Um, but sugar is tough. It's tough on our bodies big time. It causes inflammation and all kinds of things, but very hard to, and it's everywhere. Uh, so I tell people that when they like chocolate, I say, get the darkest chocolate you possibly can, like 73% cacao or more. And it's so strong, you can't eat a lot of it. You don't want to eat a lot of it. You'd, but one little piece is like, mm, okay, that's good. That's all I need. You know, you it's interesting because my my husband found that dark chocolate didn't raise his blood sugar at all. But even him, you know, he'll take a little square of it and he'll say to me, do you want the rest? Oh, the rest. I think it's quite interesting <laughs> yeah. because it's just enough for the two of us to go, I taste that. Mm, mm -hmm. it's really good but you know what as it's going down my throat I'm filling up you mm -hmm. know whether it's really that I'm filling up or my mind has just said you know what that sweetness is just the most that I can handle right now yeah um, and I also learned another trick that um a coach once told me she said when you're craving chocolate chip cookies, ice cream, whatever it might be, or a McDonald's hamburger. Mm -hmm. She said, I want you to think about it first. Think about why you're craving it. What is it about that particular food that you feel that you need to have right now? She said, because sometimes you can trick your brain into actually thinking that you're you're eating it because you're thinking about it you're thinking about the uh, taste and you're going you know what i'm full i got uh, i got that taste and that has helped me since the beginning of january i still indulge occasionally on sunday i was craving pizza my husband will only eat pizza early in the day, so it doesn't affect his blood sugar as much. Sunday was a perfect day that we could do it. He finally agreed with me. I ordered a small pizza for the two of us, and I didn't think anything about it other than I'm going to sit here, I'm going to enjoy it. But I made sure I was drinking 16 ounces of water with it, so almost mm -hmm. between each bite. So I was filling myself up. Mm -hmm. We ended up with two pieces of pizza left over. And yeah. sadly, I threw it away because it was like, today was my indulgence. Uh -huh. It's around here. I'm going to eat it. He's going to eat it. Yep. And we don't need it. So there are tricks yes. to living healthy. Yes. And that's such a, a, a really wonderful point you brought up about water. We need water. We need water for life. And I, I have the hardest time. I don't know why I can't get all my water in, but trying to trick myself into it or to, to do it. And so I've got this, here we go. Here's my water. Uh -huh. yep. And so if, if I can do two of these a day, but I'm just not a huge water drinker, but it's so important. And I know it's important. So the more water we can get in, the better. And as I tell clients as well, when you're hungry, oftentimes dehydration, hunger is the first sign of dehydration. So drink first, drink first, drink first. And then and that may take the edge off the hunger. And um, yeah, so it'll help you feel more full and the body craves it. We need 
we need lots of water. And there was something else I was going to say about water and now I forgot. Oh, warm water. Um, warm water with a little lemon in it when you first wake up in the morning. So, so think about our bodies are detoxing all night long. That's when our organs are doing all the detoxification. So we wake up, we need to kind of flush those toxins out. So starting your morning with a, a nice glass of water with some lemon in it, that's very good for the gut and it'll help flush those toxins out. It also rehydrates you because you might be a little bit dehydrated from the night. So that's a, a good trick. And then warm liquids are more satiating than cold. So try a warm glass of water with some lemon in it or a warm tea that will take the edge off of hunger as well. That sounds wonderful. My mother used to do the, um, and my father, um, hot water with lemon in the morning. Uh, they both had been coffee drinkers their whole life. And somebody finally just said to them, is there a special reason you drink coffee? Are you drinking it because of the caffeine? And they weren't. They were drinking decaffeinated and they were watering it down because they knew that there was still a little bit of caffeine in there. And so they said, well, try the hot water and lemon. And they swore by it. So even when they went out for dinner at night, they'd order hot water and lemon. Um, and I remember my father saying, I know I'm cheating the waitress because she's not charging me for tea. I'm just getting my hot water. He said, but I'm staying healthier. And yeah. you know what? It's little things like that that I've remembered that I've incorporated. Now, you brought out something about that we, when we indulge, we shouldn't be internally yelling at ourselves and that's what I did for a long time and so as I was yelling at myself it was like well I'm going to go grab that candy bar or I'm going to go have I have that to eat but now when I start to hear that argument in my head it's like okay I did indulge if I keep doing this what's going to do to me what's uh -huh. going to do to me physically what's it going to do to me emotionally and so I almost have to start with self-talk. Hey, yeah, I don't want to hear that anymore. I did my indulgence. It was really good. I can do this again, but I have to plan for it. Exactly. And it's, to me, that's becoming fun to like plan that, hey, in fact, we're going to the baseball game on Sunday and my favorite thing to eat there is peanuts. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I've told my husband, I said, that's going to be my indulgence day. That'll be your treat. Yeah, exactly. And he just like, oh, but there are so many more good things to eat there. I said, but that's, that's me. Yeah. I, I don't need the hot dogs and anything else. Yeah. I'll eat my peanuts and I'll drink my water. Yeah, that, yeah, that's great. And, and again, another kind of way to think about your life, if you choose, is maybe Monday through Friday, you're eating clean, you're eating healthy, you're doing all the right things. And then the weekend is usually like the time when you want to have those indulgence days or those indulgence moments. So it could be like, okay, Friday night, that's when I have my wine, or maybe it's Saturday, but just don't turn, it's important not to turn every day into an indulgence day. Exactly. And then just get right back on your healthy, clean eating. And you know, like you said, just plan it in. And then you have something to look forward to, but it doesn't take over your life where it becomes indulgent every day. Cause then the, every, you, 
yeah, you're going to gain weight back and you're going to be miserable. And yeah. So you talk about exercise and there are exercise gurus that, you know, try to tell us that we have to be exercising 45 minutes a day or 45 minutes every other day. And we're supposed to do weight training and we're supposed to do aerobics. And some of us may not have an interest in doing all that, but we want to keep active in some way. Uh So when, when you're talking to a client, you know, if they said, hey, I just want to go for a walk every day and that's going to be my exercise. Yeah. How does that fit into their their plan? So I like to meet people where they're at. So if you are doing no exercise, it's not realistic of me to say, okay, 45 minutes on the treadmill every day. That's it, it, not realistic. So we talk about it and it's like, okay, what can you do? What can you do? I just want you to move. Let's just get moving. If it's a 10 minute walk, a great time to take a walk is right after you eat. So at dinner time, after dinner walk, it's great for the digestion. Um, So walking, uh, if you were were not walking at all, say, okay, I'm going to try to walk three times a week. And then maybe I'll move it up to four times a week. I think if you work in a building with an elevator, start taking the stairs. If you can park your car at not the closest parking spot, but pick one farther away just to make you walk into the store and back. So there's a lot of little ways you can just start moving. I mean, I sit at my desk in front of the computer all day long and sometimes I just, I got to get up. I got to stand up and walk around a little bit, stretch a little bit, um, go up and down the stairs a few times just to get moving. Yes, there's all these wonderful Yes, in the best of all possible worlds, if we could be doing the weight training and the running and all of that. Um, But also the thing I tell people is, what's fun for you? Do you like yoga? Do you like Pilates? Do you like ballroom dancing? Do you like rock climbing? Do you like hiking? That's all movement. That's all exercise. That's all good for you. It doesn't have to be getting on that treadmill or on that bike in the gym. That might be boring as heck, you know? So what, what? is fun for you. What swimming, going to the pool, doing water aerobics, you know, there's a million different ways we can get the movement in. So my first thing is just, just move, just get off the couch, get out of your chair. So many people are stuck on zoom all day long. Oh, so many of my clients. Yep. I'm like, okay. Can you take a 15 minute break and eat your lunch and go for a, a quick walk? I guess sometimes they're just on these calls back to back to back and it's impossible. So we, we baby steps, to start doing something, just something. You know, know, it's interesting. In June, um, late May, um, I fell. I re-injured my femur. And as I'm in the hospital, they're not quite sure what's going on in the femur. And so I'm flat on my back. To move it, it was extremely painful. So they told me, no, you're not going to move. When you need to move, we're going to move you. So for four days, flat on my back. Now they want me to go home and I'm saying, hey, how do I go home? I can't walk up my steps. And um, I decided to go to rehab. Best thing I ever did because the paramedics who were transferring me after four days showed me how to move my body slowly, get up 
and get onto their gurney. After four uh, days, like, uh. oh my God, it was painful, but it felt so good because I was moving my body. And the same thing happened at rehab. As soon as I started moving, it was like, I'm getting, I'm getting me back. Yeah. So many times I've heard therapists, doctors, and they mean well, but they'll say, no, I just want you to sit and relax. I want you to stay in bed and relax. Well, I think they mean that, but they don't mean it a hundred percent. Even in bed, Mm -hmm. you can lift your legs. You can move Mm -hmm. your arms. You can pick your head up. There are certain things that you can do to get that blood flowing. And boy, what a difference it makes. And for me, it was more of a mental thing that was like, I'm not paralyzed. But for four days, they made me feel like, you know what, Karen, we're not sure you're ever going to get off your back again. And I knew that wasn't true. But until they figured it out and they finally said, yeah, there's a hairline fracture, but you know what? When your leg was repaired eight years ago, that still may be an old fracture. So you know what? Now you can get up. Well, after four days, it's very difficult to do on your own. Yeah. But movement has been my thing. And like you said, I sit at Zoom 90% of my day. But in between each Zoom call, I either walk down the steps to refresh my water Mm -hmm. or I walk around the house and do a little bit of house cleaning and then I come back. And so all that movement is helpful. Yeah. Yeah. I just finished reading a book that I would really recommend to people that if people who are getting to be a little older (laughs) and wanting to, it's called the art of, of aging well. And, um, Oh, let me look. I'll just look really quick. The Art of Aging Well, who the author is. And it's it's excellent. Um, hmm, what's his name? Oh, so I'm sorry. I don't know. That's that, okay. I don't want to take your time right now to try no, to find it. No, that's okay. But he talks about movement and he talks about uh, gardening and house cleaning. He said how good it is for us to get down on the floor and and get underneath the bed, you know, wipe it down and reaching and it's it all makes us move. And gardening that the reaching and the pulling and the digging and the kneeling and the squatting. So so it doesn't have to be all these gym exercises, but it's but it's exercise and it it's good. It's good for us. We need to we need to be doing book. that. I'll look up the book and I'll make sure we put it in the show notes. Yeah. Because um, that would be very, very helpful for individuals. Yeah, it was, I really enjoyed it. And I'm just like looking at my computer and I can't seem to, I hope I have the name right. Um, but it, it talks about a lot of things, what we should be eating and social activity and how important as we age that we have a community around us of people, because if you're all isolated and alone, that can lead to depression and all kinds of things. So it's a really good book. I really enjoyed it. And that's why coaching is so important for so many of us. Um, You know, 15, 20 years ago, most of us really thought coaches were um, the guys out on the football field and in, you know, the in on the baseball field, but coaching has been around for quite a long time, but now it's become so important to so many of us because we are somewhat isolated, we mm-hmm. are working from home. We're all day long 
we're on the computer at work and we're realizing that, hey, I need somebody who can help guide me, show me that I'm not the only one, you know, who's struggling with whatever this issue is. And you can read books and books are great, but sometimes it's that human voice, seeing that face across the screen from you that you can finally say, hey, I get it. All mm-hmm. right. You know, I'm going to listen to what Jennifer has to say. I may not do it 100% her way, but I'm going to pick up what she's telling me and I'm going to try this and see how I can incorporate it to make my life the best it can be. Yeah. And studies show that people will be more successful when they have a coach. You're getting accountability for one thing, but you're also getting a cheerleader, you know, encouragement. And there are many people who don't get any encouragement in their life. So to have someone actually going, yay, you, (laughs) yay, you. Well, it's like the other day I said to my husband, he saw me weighing myself and I said, so since January, I'm down 18 pounds. And he looked at me and he goes, okay. (laughs) And it's like. Like, no, that wasn't exactly what you were looking for. You don't see it. And he said, I probably do. He said, but the sad part is even when you gain weight, I don't see you as being heavy. And I, you know, and that's a wonderful thing, but in some ways it's a terrible thing because if I went by his theory, you know, I could blow up to 500 pounds and he'd probably mm-hmm. say, oh, you look the same as you did the day we got married. And that yeah. would not be true. Yeah. Yeah. How can our listeners find you and learn more about you and maybe, you know, set up a coaching session? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I offer a free discovery call with anyone. So, you know, please feel free to reach out to me. We talk about what your goals are and and how I might be able to help. Uh, you can find me, uh, my website is www.sevencompany.com and that's the number seven not seven spelled out sevencompany.com I'm on Facebook Jennifer uh, G7 I am on Instagram coach Jennifer 7 I'm on TikTok you can find me everywhere (laughs) sounds wonderful well thank you for joining us today and uh, I hope our listeners reach out to you because um you know, we all need just a little bit of inspiration. And uh, I think you gave that to us today. Awesome. Well, wonderful. And thank you so much for having me on. I've really enjoyed it. Absolutely. You take care now. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye.